right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guess your pressure points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is maybe AJ. We're coming at you with Season 7, Episode 3, The Korean Gettysburg. I had a really good line here about the Korean War, uh, but just like the Korean War, I already forgot about it. So find us on Instagram and Patreon at pointsofpressure.com. Let's get to it. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. Perfect. Mint. Perfect. Again, another early recorded episode. Yeah, earlier than usual. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're getting there. It's yeah. it's because I think we've both valued and realized that uh when we record late that the entire day feels like it was yeah. dedicated to the episode. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I do want to start off by recognizing our new chairperson. Oh, I haven't even checked our fucking email. I've been watching my own emails yeah. like the last like two weeks. So, uh, Thomas, welcome, oh, welcome to the welcome, board. Welcome, welcome. Um, anytime you need your your foot rubbed, yeah, your, your toes your, sucked, yeah, your ear holes cleaned out. We got we you. We got you. Yeah. Um. So how so how you been? Good. Yeah. 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 yeah you had a good. I don't know if you want to talk about work stuff, but. Yeah, it's fucked it. Fuck my current job. No, I'm saying I'm saying the good stuff. Oh, the good stuff. Got a second interview. Yeah, I had an, had an interview this week and went pretty well. Uh, I mean, it was really uncomfortable. Uh, Always. She was like a fucking robot and it was terrible, but it yeah. went well yeah, enough. Yeah, I know who you're so. talking about, actually. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, oh, I know AJ. And then she like completely fucked up how she knew you. And I was like, no, like. He hasn't worked at this job for five years. <laughs> I know. Like, he oh hasn't. yeah, five years ago yeah. at the a hundred percent. He worked in the cafeteria, right? Yeah, and I was like, like mm. yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna agree. I don't give a shit. But yeah, that sounds like yeah. him. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she was she was terrible. Um, but apparently it went well enough, and I've got an interview early tomorrow morning. So yeah, they might they made me sign some referral paperwork. Fingers crossed. So you might man. be getting some cash. I don't know if it goes to me or you or both or. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, even know. if even if not, I don't care. I'd much oh, rather yeah. just have the fucking. But position. they but they they also said, "Hey, I need this in, so that you get credit when he's hired." So, oh really? Yeah. Okay, so well, I'm I'm gonna say maybe they were yeah. just like fingers you know, crossed. Unless I absolutely fuck it up tomorrow. I think you have a good chance. So yeah. So yeah. So this, yeah. Yeah. This week. It's been uh, it's been stressful because yeah. they pushed the the interview back initially, and I was like, "No, I just want to get it done. <laughs> I just want to be finished." Oh. So that's why I set it for early Monday morning, so yeah. that I hopefully get an offer quickly, and I can just tell start my, slacking. Tell my job to suck it for the next week. Yeah, see if they'll offer you severance. They might because of how much shit I have, like. Two fucking monitors, a laptop, like like that little Dell dock. Mm -hmm. They gave me so much shit. And I'm like, like, what, you're not going to fucking pay me to give it back to you? Like, I don't know. I Yeah. Because that like, that's how, like, a ton of different places handle it is that they're like, give it back to us and we'll give you money. Yeah. We'll, we'll release the severance yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would like to keep that Dell lock though. I know those are nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. now I'm using like a sixteen dollar Amazon USB dongle that has an extra <laughs> HDMI input. Oh, no. So that's my second screen. Oh God. It's kind of rough. Yeah. It's a little rough, but a little jank. It's pretty it's jank, but no, it's good. You know, not a horrible week. Uh, passed the NCLEX, so that's good. Had your graduation Had my ceremony. graduation. You got a D kiss on the cheek, and I, did. I have photo evidence. Do you? Now. I was yeah. wondering who has that photo, because yeah. I don't. No, Nobody I, sent it to yeah, me. I, it was your father. He took he it. He didn't send it to me. He took it, and that night, I messaged him on Instagram, and I was like, hey, send me that picture. I need And he that was picture. like, okay. He sent it, and I was like, I can't save it. Can you send it to me on Snapchat? He's like, yeah, for sure. And I, I go, hey, uh, this is your son's downstairs neighbor. Can you send me that picture on Snapchat of me <laughs> kissing your son? <laughs> That's great. But yeah, so I need that. I have it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to print it out. Huge. You should print it out. Yeah. We'll make little stickers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll blow it up and we'll put it over that... Uh, the Russian painting of those two politicians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll we'll do yeah. it in that style. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I suppose we should get into it since yeah, we're yeah. we're on a little bit of a time constraint. Yeah. But you know, we're talking about the Korean War, which, as everybody knows, nobody knows anything about really. <laughs> yeah, as everybody knows, they forget about it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background to provide a lot of a lot of context for it, mm-hmm. and in my research. I don't know why the fuck this isn't remembered more. Like just just to this this was one of towards the end, but just to put it in perspective, proportionally, this war had more civilian deaths than either Vietnam or World War Two. Which is wild because what isn't uh, this is this is how fucked the Korean War is mm-hmm. it, and how it's taught. It is isn't it the taught. Korean or the Vietnam War that's considered the Forgotten War? The, the, the Korean War, yeah. Okay, because like, nobody remembers it. Yeah, Everybody I know, remembers I know, Vietnam, but I like I don't even fucking remember which yeah, one was exactly. the Forgotten War. Yeah. So first off, watch Mash all the way through. I do. I do need to watch it. It I is so start. fucking good. At the I'm beginning, on, I'm on the last season of uh, Malcolm in the Middle. So. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> so then, then get to Mash. Yeah. So you got the early show, like the first half, is more campy, more goofy, more of a comedy based on the movie. Then they get more like visceral then, and realistic with it, right? Alan Alda, the main, I say main character, mm-hmm. got more into the writing and the production of the show. And it gets pretty serious. Like they still have comedy to have, yeah. they have to have the comedic but it's relief. More of like a dark but it gets comedy. fucking serious okay. and it's amazing. Yeah. It has that. one of the best. I mean, it, it's, I think it is still the most watched last episode of any TV show uh, ever. What's it on? Great question. I think Hulu. Okay, cool. Which my wife can hook you up if you need an Perfect. account. No, I have, I have one. We're okay. Good. Perfect. So watch MASH first off because it's yeah. amazing. It really is good. They were really advanced. They were very progressive for the time that this was being written. And this is like it starts off as, oh, we're going to do a sh- uh, comedy show about the Korean War right at the beginning of the Vietnam War. And then the Vietnam War gets fucking serious mm-hmm. and all the the shit that's happening kind of gets revealed to the American populace and then the show kind of follows that. Huh. Where it's 
it's it's basically a metaphor for showing you know there's a lot of metaphor between the korean war the vietnam war and shown in mash damn really good so june june 1950 to july 1953 it lasted for three years the u.s divided korea along the 38th parallel after world war ii since it was a japanese colony just like East and West Germany, the Soviets took one side, the Americans took the other. Mm-hmm. So by 1948, though, there were a lot more, there was a lot of tension. You know, the Cold War is basically ramping up. So the divided areas become their own countries. One is obviously communist and one is very capitalist. Yeah. Immediately, border disputes between both sides start to happen because Jesus. you know it's this arbitrary line that the americans set up as far yeah. as i know and they so there were these little land disputes border disputes and eventually oh, oh and then the north supported an insurgency in the south which it doesn't look good the u.n tried uh to go through like reunification mm-hmm. but the indoctrination on both sides was so strong that they were just like no we're mortal enemies despite the fact that we were a united colony less than yeah. 10 years ago <laughs> yeah for real like it was crazy That's so wild the north it's pretty crazy what fucking propaganda will do yeah in such a short amount of time so the the north invaded the south june 25th 1950 the u.n got together and there was nobody to really speak on behalf of the North because at the time the Soviets were in the UN, but they were boycotting them because the UN recognized Taiwan as part of China, which oh, that's Jesus. still an ongoing issue yeah. to this day. God damn. So nobody backed up North Korea at all. So it was basically a unanimous vote to send a UN army to support the South Koreans. Okay. The army was made up of troops from 21 different countries, but 90% of the military came from the U.S. Oh, okay, so, right. so we're getting there. <laughs> By October of that year, Chinese troops entered into North Korea and started um, supporting the, the North. But, you know, if, you, if the Chinese were to just go into this country and start actively supporting against the U.N., that very quickly could lead to a world war. Yeah. So it wasn't the Chinese army. And with it was imagine a, like within ten years of exactly. World war II. That would be fucking crazy. Where the U.S. still has most of the nukes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the Chinese to get around this idea, the politics of it, mm-hmm. they create a volunteer army where their soldiers are allowed to volunteer to go into North Korea. Obviously, oh. this is you know. We know what China was like in the 50s. I don't know if they were very. We promise. We promise. Yeah. You either starve at home or you fucking go die on the front lines. Yeah. So that's kind of how they got around it. And if you are thinking of the Vietnam War, there's already a lot of similarities here where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, no, it's not this team fighting the U.S. It's not the Soviets fighting the U.S. or the Chinese fighting the U.S. It's. Chinese troops supporting the North Koreans or uh, Soviet troops supporting the North Vietnamese and the U.S. troops or the U.N. troops. You see how it's a dumb proxy? Yeah, yeah. It's a big time proxy So stupid. I didn't realize that it it got like that in depth. Yeah, stupidly. Imagine being a high school teacher and having to explain that. Yeah, I see why they didn't. To a bunch of kids that only give a fuck about a letter. Yeah, so (laughs) eventually later on the Soviets ended up supporting the North with air support, but again it was just like 
oh, we aren't doing the war. We're just supporting them. Yeah. Jesus. And it, the war followed this kind of slingshotting pattern where the North invaded the South and got almost all the way to the like to the ocean on the south of the country and then they yeah. went and pushed them almost up to the Chinese border and it just kind of slingshotted yeah, back and forth wiggles. until it kind of settled back around that 38th parallel. And every major city in the country was destroyed, North and South Korea. Really? North Korea still is one of the most heavily bombed countries ever. Thousands of civilian massacres occurred. Uh -huh. By both sides, the South was like, well, we're going to execute the communist sympathizers. The North were like, oh, you're a capitalist? I'm going to torture you in a gulag. <laughs> yeah, fuck. So really, the, the civilian death toll it was ridiculous. And again, as I said, proportionally higher than the previous war and the next war. Like, it was crazy. And overall, three million deaths, almost half of those were civilians in the course of within three years. Damn. Crazy. So understanding that, Korean War is happening. Mm -hmm. The Chinese have just entered the war. And the UN forces are kind of shit and breaks. Fair. They don't under they don't know the Chinese capability, the Chinese army capability. They don't know how they're set up. They don't know what like machines they have, like what their capabilities are. Yeah. So just to be safe the idea was okay everybody south vietnamese u.n forces let's retreat to the 38th parallel so enter lieutenant general matthew ridgeway he had this idea that we're giving them so much momentum that they're just they're just crushing yeah. through it's just that the snowball effect yeah they're snowballing they're able to to set up supply lines yeah we need to stop them somewhere but because they're just going to keep, yeah. Hold the line. Yeah, pretty much. So his idea was we need to make a stand somewhere to slow down their momentum and allow for a counterattack. Mm -hmm. And he figured at this point, because they just, you know, advanced along all of North Korea, this is the best time to do it because their supply lines probably weren't super well established yet. And, and they, they the, might have been stretched thin. This is just like a year into the war, right? How many? This is pretty early in the this war. Is, oh, this is months in. Yeah. Okay. So it started June 1950. This, this is October. officially happens. They enter October. And the event that I'm going to be talking about specifically happens in February. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's like six so months in even, or something. Yeah, not even a, a year. Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, Lieutenant General Ridgeway says, we're going to make a stand right here at this place called Chipyongni. That's That was better than I thought I was going to do. Hey, so impressive. <laughs> you did without a German accent. So I did, so you. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so he had the 23rd Regi Regimental Combat Team under the command of Paul Freeman set up a tight perimeter because they don't have, you know, the entire U.S. military might at this time period at their disposal mm -hmm. it's a very small group compared to what the capabilities of the u.s so they set up this tight perimeter they have some artillery they have i think one tank maybe a couple tanks only one is ever really mentioned <laughs> and three battalions and one of them is french 
Oh God! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So they have two battalions. So they have two, two battalions. So a tank and two and a half men. Yeah. <laughs> they also have the First Ranger Company, and an artillery slash anti aircraft battalion, and a couple engineers, and a platoon from the Second Medical Battalion. All in all, forty five hundred dudes, twenty five hundred infantry total, wow. or forty five hundred total, okay. twenty five hundred of those being infantry, and. They're setting up this perimeter. They're setting up these big defensive structures because they have the engineers. So they're able to, you know, set up these walls and not like huge walls, you know, sandbags and mm. dig some trenches and and really do the math to figure out how to defend themselves well. So as they're digging themselves in, they realize they're now behind enemy lines. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they were completely cut off. They were off. setting up so hard that they just like, <laughs> they just walk past. Yeah. Hey, good work here. Hey. <laughs> We're just going to be outside of your range a little bit. We'll come back for you later. So, you know, they don't have supply lines anymore, yeah, which isn't great. cut off. Completely cut off. <laughs> oh, no. And by, by the time February runs around, they, they've been able to set up for like a month, I think, if, it, if not a little bit more. Also, remember, this is winter, so it's like zero degrees there. <laughs> And they're they're sending out some patrols and stuff like that. And are February thirteenth happens. Are they not getting like any fucking? Is no one reaching out to them because they don't know that they're there? Do they think they're just dead? No, they just they're just doing the plan. <laughs> it happened very quickly. <laughs> and fair, it, yeah. An ongoing issue here for both sides was communication. Yeah. <laughs> so a patrol finds that there are a ton of Chinese troops in the area. February thirteenth <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> and they go back and they're like, hey, Freeman, Whoa, Commander sorry. Freeman, we got to leave. Where, like, where are you guys blue helmets? We are surrounded <laughs> by, I think it ended up being like eight battalions of Chinese troops. Something crazy. Jesus. So they were like, okay, we need to leave. Mm-hmm. Ridgeway says, nah, hold the area. Because he just got off a phone call <laughs> With his boss. Yeah, Douglas, talking himself up. Douglas MacArthur. Oh, And Douglas God. MacArthur is like, no, nah, no, nah, hold the line. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Douglas <laughs> fucking MacArthur. So God. they say, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, it turns out it, it's almost 20,000 Chinese troops are in the area. Fuck. So they're kind of, sh- they're, yeah. Bad news bears. And as I said, a little bit of communication error, errors just tiny, in those, just tiny within those error. Chinese troops as well. It uh, was just one of maybe the most important letters that yeah. they maybe well, forgot to say. It turns out, I think two or three of the Chinese battalions got lost somewhere. <laughs> so while there's 20,000 in the area, they're yeah. not all converging yeah. at this point. There's kind of some fuck-ups, which is good. <laughs> yeah. So the UN troops start just launching artillery to make it so the... Chinese troops can't advance. They can't get close enough because their main thing, the Chinese troops' main thing at this point is small arms fire. They had SKSs and they had pistols and they had grenades. The artillery wasn't quite, and the mortars weren't quite caught up with them yet. Oh, okay. So they're just launching artillery just to fend them off for that whole day. (laughs) And as evening fell, obviously this is just post-World War II. They don't have the optics that we have nowadays. So they... They don't really art, do as much artillery at night. Yeah. So just hunker down and yeah, watch and the hope. tree line. So exactly, it's watching that tree line. So 10 to 11 p.m., the Chinese do this massive assault. 
northern perimeter is hit the hardest, but the northwest and the southeast are also hit. So they're just all over the place. And they're, they're able to kind of fend them off, push them back, not take too many casualties. Um, and then the northern group, which was Company C, was just shit on by artillery. The <laughs> artillery caught up and oh, just were no. like, you know, because they were coming from the north. Yeah. So they, they're just like, oh, that's the easiest target. Start launching that shit. Yeah. So they get barraged pretty much all night. And then, you know, the quiet fell. The artillery stops. And the Chinese attacked all positions. <laughs> Literally the entire uh, perimeter is just... Except for the east. They weren't east. I don't know why. <laughs> and by there was fighting up until midnight. Okay. By midnight, they were so well entrenched, they didn't lose any ground. And the Chinese retreated till 2 a.m. Where the Chinese were probably like, Hold on, I see French flags. Yeah, wait a minute. They do a, a concentrated attack of the French battalion in the west. And the troop, the Chinese troops actually got within 200 yards of the line. Damn. Before the French panicked and just started throwing grenades. They stopped shooting and just started throwing grenades. I mean, I'm sure they were still shooting, but they started lobbing these oh motherfuckers. My God. And it worked. They were like, really? there's so many grenades that the Chinese retreated. <laughs> God. By 2.30, another attack almost overtook part of the part of the perimeter, but Commander Freeman was smart. He kept his tank that tank in reserve. So he's like, oh, hey, we're about to fall back. A tank shows up. Yeah. And the Chinese troops retreat. They can't, they don't, they have small arms. They can't do anything against a tank at this point. I want to know whose idea was to just give the French like 7,000 <laughs> 7, grenades. grenades, right? <laughs> hey, it worked. <laughs> so they were probably just throwing empty wine bottles yeah <laughs> making their own fucking molotovs yeah. so damn yeah uh, again the French were attacked and the 23rd regiment were attacked at 730 or the 23rd regiment at 7 or the French at 730 sorry the 23rd regiment at 630 but no ground was really gained or lost and the Chinese kind of retreated and regrouped because they're also thinking we're missing like a huge chunk of our dudes. Yeah, wait What's a happening? God. So, Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, rolls around. Technically, it's already been around because what I was talking about was six thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah. But the sun comes up, and at this point, the commander had been hit in the leg by mortar, Uh-oh. but didn't take himself out of command. Just was like, "I'll just limp, whatever," because we're probably gonna die here anyway. And overnight, somebody get me a walking stick. Yeah, give give me give me a, a stave, yeah. a staff. So uh, they they did some, you know, they ran the numbers. Obviously, nobody is able to sleep over this the entire course of this event. But they take about a hundred casualties, which is not bad. But they're you know it's a defensive thing that they're doing, yeah. so they're able to just be holed up. Not bad, but considering like how much they were outnumbered, yeah, that's impressive. It's pretty good. And the amount of attacks. So the U.S. Air Force started sending air support, and that kind of kept the Chinese troops at bay for the day. But the ground troops were starting to run out of ammo and supplies pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So I don't know why, but they didn't really send any any supplies during the day. <laughs> not, mu- not much made it there. At dusk, the entire perimeter was just lit up by artillery and mortar fire. Just everywhere, Damn. all around. 
this circle. Um, and that happened until about 1.30 in the morning. Fuck that. Uh, at 1.30, they were pretty much out of ammo. The entire perimeter. Okay, at least I get to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt nap. So the, uh, the Air Force starts dropping these supplies, but what happens in Tarkov? When there's a supply box. Oh, it's loud as fuck. Yeah, you go, yeah. You, you open it, and you get shot. Yeah. The Chinese were camping the supply boxes. The ones that, mo- because most of them Jesus. were not accurate enough to actually land within the perimeter. Yeah. They got some. Well, and I would imagine you're either doing, like, low flyovers and dropping the supply box, which is everyone can see where it was dropped, mm-hmm. or you're doing really high flyovers and dropping it. And everyone can see where it's being fucking dropped. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they start getting camped, basically, <laughs> at these supply drops. And the Air Force says, oh, maybe that wasn't very good of us. And they start dropping flares from the planes just at the tree lines. Oh, so that okay. It was so completely them, yeah. lit up so they could see them. And by 2.30 in the morning... I company was overrun and the perimeter was breached for the first time. Oh. But L company and M company, who happened to have a bunch of machine guns, were able to just kind of fill in, repel oh, the attack, and okay. they set up a bunch of machine guns and said, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, Jesus. Uh, the the southern perimeter was stomped on until about three fifteen in the morning, where the Chinese broke through and forced a retreat out of those fortified positions in the south. Damn. Which is really bad. Because basically, that's it. They don't have another line to fall back to. Yeah. But as the sun starts to come up, those ranger troops, they were all they were in reserve for these last two days. So they were able to come oh, back okay. down to the south, and it, pretty much everybody who possibly could be spared was sent to do a counterattack. <laughs> Jesus. It immediately became hand-to-hand combat. What? Yeah. Immediately, people were like, sh- they shot twice and then stab one person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that that and it became hand to hand combat. The counterattack failed. They hit heavy casualties, but they kept fighting until six fifteen in the morning. Man, like, I feel like war. I mean, I don't feel like I know that war is just like a PTSD hellscape. Yeah. But like. Having to go hand-to-hand combat in war is—it's got to be it's, so much yeah. worse. Like so killing much more. So, I would imagine that shooting someone from like far away, hundred yards away, a lot more. It's easier like, to deal with yeah, mentally, yeah, I would think, than having to like stab someone, hold in the off gut. a knife while also stabbing baseball somebody. bat, swing with your gun, oh, like God, yeah. dude. So they—they they, it just—it's a bloodbath. And by noon, so a couple hours later, another counterattack was attempted, but the Chinese were like, hey, we have machine guns too. Let's just set them up next to this wide open area. So they just get gunned down in the counterattack. By 2 p.m., all of a sudden, the Chinese forces began to retreat from that position. Because the Air Force started napalming them. Oh, fuck. They start dropping hundreds of napalm bombs on their on the Chinese 
position. So they start, you know, doing what anybody would do and saying, I'm not getting burned alive. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and they start they start retreating Fuck. a bitch. And by 345, word was sent to Task Force Crombez. <laughs> they the were fuck? it was a task force that was set up at a basically a town south of them down the road a couple miles away who was only allowed to go and help them if they were like oh it was like last, last ditch, effort. ditch effort so they they got the word to move out my guess is they were probably like in that town to hold the town pretty much yeah and it's like Wow. So it's like, don't leave unless you absolutely have to, because yeah. it's leaving a hole in the line. Yeah. So they get the word, hey, move out, because it's going bad, even with the napalm. And as, as the, the Chinese are kind of retreating, Company B kind of moves up and starts to, to fuck with them a bit. And the napalm cuts the Chinese forces in the south in half. I would imagine. By the casualties. I would yeah. imagine so. <laughs> Horrible. Fuck. Like, what a terrible way. I I never, I can't even imagine how how horrible that is. So as they're now running away because of, you know, the firebombs, uh, they see off in the distance about 20 tanks rolling towards them with infantry behind them. And the Chinese say, oh, fuck this. Yeah. And they booked it away. And, and burned the alive stopped. or blown up? Which one? Yeah, like, take what's your pick. the thing? So th not burned alive. Sorry, melted. Melted. Completely <laughs> melted. Melted. The fire sticks to you. Or blown up. And it it completely stops the Chinese advance. It's Damn. a successful thing, barely. Yeah. And really, it's just because they were behind enemy lines that they were able even able <laughs> to get the southern, Fucking... you know, foothold. Yeah. In there. So the the first commander, the Ridgeway. He was, I don't know if he was at that town that they were holed up in, but he was like getting the reports because, you know, he, he was the middle management guy mm -hmm. on, or above Freeman. So Freeman was like saying, we're fucked. Yeah. And he's like, okay, all he's right, just, fine. He's just sitting back at his desk with his yeah. feet up. Yeah. He's like, no, looks like uh, MacArthur says you got to stay. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Hold the line. So it turns out... You're breaking up. Yeah, you're, it's breaking up. So it turns out that the Chinese thought there were only about a thousand troops there. So they underestimated them. Yeah. They also didn't know that they had any type of air force or air support at all. The Chinese at this time, the Soviets weren't involved yet very much. So they didn't have any air support. So when that air support started coming in, they were completely... It was completely unopposed. Mm -hmm. And yeah, two two other Chinese regiments were supposed to be attacking, but they somehow got lost. Asleep. There were some mountains nearby. They were probably <laughs> sleeping there. Yeah. And oh Jesus, can you imagine? You're just on like the wrong side of the mountain. You just hear like pop pop. Yeah, pop. You're pop, like pop, pop. Fuck. A, a big ass airplane flies over you. <laughs> like oh shit. And you see it dropping napalm on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, like, you're like uh, we're lost. Yeah, well, we're just going to keep going this way and act like we don't know where we yeah. are. So as with any war, there is always going to be some variation in the numbers that are reported. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important to, to talk about because the winner is always going to make the make it look better for them. Yeah. Even if it's not on purpose, 
the loser will always say, oh, it, it wasn't uh, yeah. that bad. We didn't have that many there. That's exactly. why yeah. So by, of course, the official Chinese, especially 1950s communist China numbers, <laughs> yeah. those are heavily yeah. influenced. The numbers also coming out by influence from fucking Soviet Russia. Exactly. So it's and, hard to put and a... the, the anti-red... Fucking yeah. sentiment U.S. So it's so difficult to get accurate numbers here. But I, I'll i trust the U.N. sources on the U.N. casualties. That's fair. At least. So the U.N. side had officially 51 deaths, 250 wounded, 42 MIA. Damn. They estimate that the Chinese side had 2,000 killed and 3,000 wounded. Which kind of lines up yeah. with how many troops were in the area like and how disorganized they were. And the U.S. is like, we killed two million of them. Yeah, and we had million. we had five people. Yeah, exactly. So and one of them died. So, <laughs> but like, the shut the fuck up. The uh, Chinese casualties said like two hundred. <laughs> so really, yeah, which is it completely was ridiculous. It was basically completely inverted. Yeah. They're like, oh, they had like 2,000 people die, but we only had 200. We just pulled back. Yeah, and uh, because of this, this really rose morale and made the Chinese look to the UN eyes like a pretty weak opponent. <laughs> like, we yeah. could, like, with good planning, we can really stomp yeah. these guys. Oh, so. my buddy told me they dropped napalm and they only managed to kill 200 people. Wow, fucking get it together. Like, what? <laughs> no, we dropped the napalm. Yeah, no, I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is it because were you saying that we dropped it was the making, napalm? It yeah, made, it I made know the, the, it made the I know Chinese the US look weak. Did. Yeah. I thought you were saying that the Chinese were looking at it as no, the no. UN was weak. No, other because way around. of how they released the numbers. Other way around. The, other way around. Yeah, the the UN army was like, "Wow, these guys aren't okay. an unstoppable machine. Let's like, okay, let's do this." And it really slowed down the momentum enough. That it almost directly led to the armistice over two years later. Jesus. Because it was so... It really stopped that. Like, they were able to start... They, they saw the Chinese events and started Operation Killer. Which is not very creative, but basically it's an operation of... How many Chinese troops can we actually just murder? Jesus. That was the whole goal of the operation. It was kill as many troops as possible. And then Operation Ripper... Which was very similar. Goddamn. Sorry for that misunderstanding. No, no, you're, you're good. You're good. I was like, wait, no, we dropped them. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it was able to kind of slow that advance and it made it so that that slingshotting pattern was kind of lessened. Because before that, like the North was able to go all the way before the intervention, basically all the way over. Then with the UN intervention, they pushed all the way North. And then at that Damn. point, they were all pretty much at the line and they were only able to kind of slingshot not nearly as far as they did before on either side. So it, it was a big event in in this, you know, in this war. So General Ridgway later spoke of this battle because he was involved yeah, by, you know, by telephone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, on a loudspeaker. On a loudspeaker, yeah, on a radio. Uh, so he said, these troops in early February of 1951 sustained two of the severest attacks experienced during the entire Korean campaign. Twice isolated far in advance of the general battle line, twice completely surrounded in near zero degree weather, 
They repelled repeated assaults by day and night by vastly superior numbers of Chinese infantry. They were finally relieved by an armored column from the United States 1st Cavalry Division as a... In, a, in as daring and dramatic an operation as the war provided. So, you know, you can tell he knows how to kind of talk it up. Yeah. But this was a huge deal, what these people did. Like, that's horrific to Wait. be just, well, we're behind enemy lines now. Good fucking luck. Yeah, behind enemy like, lines of how fucking outnumbered they were. Yeah, I can't imagine just what they were thinking. Yeah, in that, Lord. in those moments, and they I were can never throw your fucking every grenade you can yeah. find. Throw yeah, it. really, it's like we're gonna die anyway. If it's a rock that looks like a grenade, throw, throw it. it. Even yeah. if it's even if it's one of those cool geodes. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's really cool <laughs> don't, looking, don't keep it. Throw it. <laughs> uh, I also found that there was a message intercepted from the Chinese that was intercepted about this event. Oh, and as it was translated, it said at sixteen hundred more than twenty enemy tanks. Coming to reinforce Chipyong Ni from the direction of Koksu Ri, which was another town, I think, mm-hmm. surprised us by being almost at the door of the regimental command post before they were discovered, seriously threatened the flanks and rear of the 2nd Battalion. In the conduct of the entire campaign or the battle command, we have underestimated the enemy. In view of their past characteristics in battle, we expected them to flee at Chipyong Ni. Yeah. After the enemy at uh, Hoangsung was annihilated, that as they were advancing, they just wiped out other defensive lines. Damn. <clears throat> we have been taught a lesson at the expense of bloodshed. That was the official report from the Chinese. Wow. It was we underestimated them and we got <laughs> fucked up. That is, that is not something you would imagine would come out yeah. during this time. Imagine Mao hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. And then I, you know, it's just, it's just wild with how much proper like propaganda that goes on, especially during like, like during this time period, two, yeah. Korean War, Cold War, all of that. It was just like such a fucking machine by everybody. And for them to go, yeah, we fucked up and we underestimated them. Well, it's like, here's something to think about. You, ad- you admitted dif- like you, admit yeah, you, you admit this up. shit. Well, Whoa. I can tell you for sure that this message never made it back to mainland china i can guarantee this was sent to a higher up and then it was sent secretly into china and then they propagandized it like this it it was just it's good to see that this is before most of that propaganda was actually applied to it it was just just the propaganda as it affected the people yeah so really yeah really interesting for the time period and and yeah, as you said, the propaganda machine that was rolling out yeah. to actually be able to kind of lift the covers a little bit and see a little bit. Um, Get to see what they're actually fucking yeah. saying. Yeah. And that it's, you don't see that pretty much ever after this. Wow. So, uh, got to do honorable mention. There was one person during this um, defense, this Gettysburg, as <laughs> it was called, um, who got the Medal of Honor. Oh. His name was, I put Walliam. It's William S. Sitman. He was a machine gun sector leader of M Company. So the guys who, when there was a breach, they kind of filled in. Yeah. So he brought the machine guns. He was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor because he threw himself onto a grenade, saving five lives. Jesus. It was a French grenade. It was a French <laughs> grenade, though. Yeah, they, they really dropped. fucked it up. It was dropped, and he was like, fuck. Yeah, they threw the pin yeah. and dropped the grenade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it's Damn. a crazy thing and this kind of opens the door for me to maybe do a couple more 
Korean War yeah. kind of events because I don't know. I haven't felt like I really understood enough of just what the war was yeah. before researching for this episode. So I'm glad I did it yeah. because, I mean, this really wasn't in a lot of media. Like I say that, but I started this off talking about MASH. That's a very, you know, one-sided, um, you know, exception to me saying that. But really, I didn't learn about the Korean War in high school. Not I didn't learn about the Korean about War this, anywhere. Despite MASH being one of the most watched TV shows of all time. Yeah. But they don't really yeah. get into the war. They don't get into why they're there. Yeah, I mean, and... it's a fucking TV show. Like, it's yeah, exactly. Totally so, fair. But I, I do think just learning about this war adds a lot of context to that show yeah. and how it relates to Vietnam, like why they drew that connection initially and, nice. and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, maybe, maybe a couple more, maybe a couple more. I mean, not yeah. a ton Fuck of events not? happened, but this one really stood out to me. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Not bad. Good and stuff. And the name wrote itself. It's called the Korean Gettysburg. Like, yeah, come me. on. I had to do this event. Oh, shit. Well, not well, bad. Yeah, Enjoyable. And, and we didn't we make fun of the, the deceased. Yeah. Oh, wait. Let's. I threw my damn on a grenade. We got to live up to our reviews. So. Yeah, God. <laughs> I got napalmed. I got napalmed. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> fucking. I'm sorry. As usual, if uh, you guys would ever like to support us uh check out our patreon we give you an extra exclusive episode every month uh we have a like 35 sloppy seconds or something something um, like that we're doing pretty good uh, there were a bunch that we released on patreon during the season break um that were not really released to the public so if you enjoyed those by all means, go check us out at uh, patreon.com forward slash points pressure. AJ's also working on a series called Voices. I actually um, am now. So and uh, we also have a free tier that we will be rolling out a few, like every once in a while, we'll give you like a free exclusive episode. So subscribe on there. Keep your notifications and emails and shit up to date. Um, patrons, make sure your addresses are up to date on there. Uh, we've got some things rolling out in February, March that you guys should, should make sure to keep your eyes on. Uh, you got those names. Yeah. So we've got, you know, the board, which we've previously mentioned, uh, mini D Thomas and Toddle Waddle. Thank you guys so much. Like seriously. Ah, we appreciate you guys. Holy shit. Uh, anytime we need to, you know, replace equipment or anything like that, yeah, replace a host, whatever. Replace just, a host. Uh, it comes from it comes from you guys. Yeah. And then of course we've got Abby, AJ's third nut, <laughs> Kitty Titties, Nordic Thunder, Weston, Dark Runner, Deej Nuts, uh, G Dog, Hayden, Laravo, and Lindo. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. You guys are, you know, enabling us. Yeah, in a good way really though you're not you're not helping that uh we don't shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> you let us talk way too much on fucking mondays to you that the rest of the week we don't shut the fuck up so yeah yep. our our wives and girlfriends all 10 of them each yeah we are utah it. but we we really 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 do appreciate you guys uh and 
if you don't follow us on Instagram currently, do it. You better fucking do it, or I'm gonna hack your shit, and you're gonna have to see my butthole as your background. Follow us on Instagram. They work their ass off on there. It's really, really well done. Uh, and because of that, you can tell that neither AJ or I run it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, follow our Instagram. Fucking post our posts to your stories. Share it with friends. Send send shit around. We would really, really appreciate it. A lot of work has gone into that. Um, and also follow us on Threads now. I guess. Yeah. Th- that's a thing. That's been a thing. Yeah. And so this is this is what the conversation happened. She, our manager, made the Threads a while ago, uh-huh. and then out of nowhere, we just started getting followers on it. I don't know if that's any of you or if that's robots or whatever. And then like, oh, I should post on here. I was like, okay. Yeah, I got a notification. Yeah. It was like, oh, they they posted on threads. And I was like, what the fuck is is that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, check out our our Instagram. It would be really, really appreciated. Um, And just like fucking everything on there. Uh, And if you guys ever have any... Oh, oh, uh, Uh, oh, fucking shop. 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 Shop.pointsofpressure.com. Yeah, there you go. I was like, I wasn't sure which Official one was. Official merch store. Yeah. Uh, also, our subreddit, r slash pressure points. Um, if we make one sale that isn't me, yeah. I will do a giveaway. There you go. Um, but yeah, if you guys ever have any suggestions for books, movies, TV shows, episode ideas, uh, if you just want to send fucking memes along, um, anything, anything at all. Uh, send it to us on Instagram, post it to our fucking subreddit, um, or feel free to email us at ppdnaj at gmail.com or go to our website, pointsopressure.com and hit the contact us page and leave us a voicemail. We'll catch you guys next fucking Monday. I guess the song's over. <laughs> <laughs>